Hello everyone and welcome to Mark My Words. Mark My Words is the only podcast produced exclusively for independent paint retailers and other stakeholders in the independent dealer channel. I'm your host, Mark Lipton. Thank you for listening. Contractors are an important part of, of all of our lives. Most of our business, the average independent retailer is, is seeing somewhere in the neighborhood of 50%, perhaps more of his sales going to painters, painting contractors, or some other uh, professional user or B2B relationship. Over the last number of years, Benjamin Moore, an important vendor to all of us, has been nudging us uh, to be more tuned in with the paint contractor. They, they seem to feel like that's the future of this channel. And it got me thinking, what, is it, what does it take to make your business attractive to that sort of customer? And, and is your business set up to handle that sort of trade? And, and even do you want that sort of trade? Because just because somebody else thinks it's good for you doesn't necessarily mean that it is. So to help us answer some of those questions, I thought it would be good to start with just what does that type of customer, what does a painting contractor need? What are the benefits and the services that a dealer would need to offer to attract more business from painting contractors and painters? So to help answer some of those questions, I thought I'd go right to the source. So if you want to make your business more attractive to painters, you're in the right spot. With me today is Mitch Berliner. Mitch is the owner of Serta Pro Painters of Westchester and Southern Connecticut. Mitch, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me here, Mark. So let's start a little bit with uh, your particular business. You're a Serta Pro franchisee, right? That is correct. And so what, what areas do you cover for Serta Pro? So my territory for Serta Pro is Westchester County, Fairfield County, into Manhattan and up into uh, Putnam as well. Mm -hmm. So it's a fairly large territory. Right. And for just for the listeners that don't know exactly what Serta Pro is, I had mentioned it's a franchise. Could you give us a little idea of sort of how it's structured and how you operate? Absolutely. Serta Pro Painters, as an organization, I, I would say is the largest painting company in the country. Uh, we operate both residentially and commercially, inside and outside painting, interior and exterior. And we're doing that with th approximately 370 business owners. So and each one of them is like you. You own one territory, and, and, or you may have multiple territories that you own, but, but they're one dealership in a geographic area. There's 370 of them around the United States. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I would say roughly there's there's probably something in the neighborhood of the mid to high 400 territories that are owned okay. by those 370 operators. Oh, so you can own multiple Serta Pro franchises. Indeed, some run okay. multiple. And the operations are both in the United States and also Canada. And so tell me a little bit about specifically about your business. You do residential work, you do commercial work. What What is keeping you guys busy? Yes, both. In fact, uh, what keeps us busy this time of the year is the, the spring rush. We are full steam right now into exterior painting. 
For residential, you're talking about? Residential and commercial. Okay. You know, the type of commercial work that we're involved in include uh, condo, condominium and co-op painting. Okay. So I was thinking when you said commercial, I was thinking large buildings, but but you're thinking more like townhouse complexes, homeowners associations. Sure. Th that's part of it. Okay. But then those large buildings you're referring to? Right. We get involved those in those two. as well. Okay. And you do the insides and the outsides of those. Indeed we do. So we'll be painting uh, warehouses, factories. Uh, we do uh, shopping complexes. Wow. Uh, we are just beginning a lamp post project. Wow. Had the joy of painting over 150 lamp posts in a parking lot for a building. And I know you had mentioned uh, as, as part of our prep for this that you do some industrial flooring as well. Do you want to talk a little bit about that as well? Yeah, I'm excited to say we have gotten very engaged in coatings that are uh, polyaspartic polyurea coatings mm -hmm. they return to service next day which is very exciting right and, and these uh, are floors we're talking about uh floors generally right. just floors yeah right. and uh they're generally always concrete right i say generally because the coating could go on other substrates but for the most part we're doing basements we'll do uh restaurant kitchens and uh and the like and then uh both residential and commercial parking lots parking garages that that's where we'll find those coatings being used most frequently so while we're talking about coatings who specifies the coatings that you guys use on a particular job it depends and it depends what we're bidding on uh, typically in the residential space our estimators will be very involved in making the specification. The, the homeowners come with some preferences now and again, but for the most part, they'll defer to our expertise. Mm -hmm. On the commercial jobs, when we're responding to an RFP, often the RFP will have a specification in there. Yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be in there and it'll be crystal clear. Uh, sometimes those RFPs will also specify or equivalent. Right. And in that case, then we might offer an equivalent if we're not terribly comfortable or not terribly confident what they have in there is the most appropriate solution. And what about as it relates to your relationship with Certa Pro encodings? Are you free to use whatever you want? Do they have national arrangements in place for you where you're limited on where you can buy? How does that work? So we are 100% free to do what's best for our clients. Okay. So yes, that we have full autonomy, but they've done, they being CertiPro Painters Corporate, has done an excellent job of negotiating some national pricing right. with some of the big guys. Right. And some of that becomes regional because there's paints that are used in California and Arizona that- Because of environmental laws or weather, they're not appropriate for this market. Or even regional brands right. that I have no involvement in. And here in the Northeast, you know, the, uh, can I mention vendors? Yeah, please. Here in the Northeast, Benjamin Moore, Sherwin-Williams rules. And uh, right. the national pricing we've gotten is pretty, pretty great. And as it relates to Benjamin Moore, I understand Sherwin-Williams, you're buying from the corporation and they're a, uh, you know, an all-encompassing entity. But as it relates to Benjamin Moore, you know how they're set up with independent retailers. Do you get one price that 
applies to all of them? Are you making separate deals with individual retailers? Tell me how you handle that. So that's a great question. So the national deal that's been uh, created between Certipro Corporate and, and Benjamin Moore in particular, we'll call it backstop pricing. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a good price, but then we have the opportunity to engage dealers locally, which we have. Right. And uh, we've worked our own price list with them, which is even better than the backstop pricing that corporates negotiate. Because of the volume that you guys do or whatever other advantages that a dealer may feel he gets by offering you a better price. For us in particular, I I fully believe it has to do with the volume. It's the volume. So you guys are big. Okay. And so uh, what about some of the other things that a painting contractor buys? You know, the the non-coating stuff. You must buy a lot of tapes and plastics and brushes. Are you free to buy those from any vendor that you want or their national accounts set up? And how do you specifically handle that now? So again, full autonomy to do what we want to do uh, and purchase where we want to purchase and, and do what's best for, our, in this case, ourselves and our clients. What we work is through the local vendors, the local suppliers that we have here in our region. Um, we have some very good relationships and we buy everything through them. And how many dealers, whether that would be a Sherwin-Williams or a multiple of Benjamin Moore stores or around here, there's some other, there's Ace and some other dealers around here. How many vendors does it take to keep you guys painting every day? My philosophy at one point was to spread things out. And over the recent years and over the last two in particular, we have done a lot to consolidate. Okay. So I would say- What were you trying to accomplish by doing that? I think being a bigger, more important client to a a vendor goes a long way. Yeah. And as a result, we've consolidated basically onto two two vendors and two purchasing outlets, if you will. Right. And it's it's served our business incredibly well, and I believe it's working really, really well for the vendors we're partnered with. Right. And so we're going to get into some of the specifics in a little bit of, of how you handle those relationships and whether or not they're delivering or they're local dealers to you. But I want to push that off a little bit and just sort of finish up where we are now. So tell me a little bit about how you guys are structured as far as the painting crews are concerned. What makes up a crew? How are they assigned their work for the day? And how do they get the material to the job for you? Well, there's a lot to that question. So bear with me as I work through this answer. So the first part of the question had to do with a typical paint crew. Right. So that crew is going to be made up of anywhere from two individuals to 10 individuals or even more, depending upon the job that we have in front of us. Right. And and we'll have time to plan that out. Every crew always consists of a job site supervisor. So that's an on-site resource who's not only supervising the job, but he's also supervising the crew. And the paint purchase is going to be coordinated by that job site supervisor based on the specific work order and specifications we provided to that individual. So that's not coming through your office. That 
paint, that material is being ordered sort of remotely is, is I think what you're saying. In a sense, yes. Okay. I mean, my office has provided all the information to the team leader, the job site supervisor, and that individual then will go ahead and coordinate the purchases. Okay. And so that's handled both on the job, then it sounds like, and through your office, a, a little bit of both. So a little coordination. And, and we also do things a little differently on our residential business, which what I pretty much described was very much residential. Right. On the uh, commercial business, which tend to be larger projects and tend to be a little further planned out. Right. On the commercial side of things, my uh, I, I have an individual from the management team that's very involved in coordinating the paint purchases and making sure the right materials in the right place at the right time. Right, right. And so do you generally order the material in advance of the job beginning or when are you involving your paint supplier in a, in a job? So the answer would depend on what type of job it is. Our commercial jobs, we tend to have some advance notice enough so we can get ahead of it. We can order in advance. And even in those scenarios, we're, we're taking advantage of delivery services from our vendors. On the residential side of our business, it tends to be a little bit more rushed, right? a little bit more, hey, could you get this done tomorrow? Right. And we'll make that happen with the support of our paint suppliers. And so when you find yourself in a situation like that, do you have a, a crew that steps in that moves material for you? Or do you just add pressure to your suppliers? Like, listen, you got to make this happen. It's often pressure on the suppliers. Right. Fair enough. I mean, I, I feel that all the time. I mean, this is, a, you know, my history. I own two stores in the Bronx. We do have a lot of business with guys like you. And so, yes, it's things flow downhill. And sometimes I find myself at the bottom of the hill in exactly the same circumstance. And so tell me, uh, how much flexibility do you have to coordinate with your paint supplier on, on beginning of a job? In terms of material availability and stuff, if they were to tell you, listen, I'm out of stock on this, can you wait three days? Or, or does that cause you to need to jump to another supplier? What generally happens in a case like that? So what you just described would not be optimal, right? Right. I, I mean, jumping to another supplier or another vendor or another store, that's not really a good partnership. Right. Right. So... The idea of sitting and doing planning and actually understanding what my go-to products are given any season, because it does change to right. some extent. Right. When I'm buying exterior products, my suppliers know what exterior products I'm going to use 80% of the time. Do you work in a very short range of products or do you find that you are all over the map, generally speaking? Oh, it's very consolidated. Very consolidated. Okay. So you have your interior go-to products. You have your exterior go-to products. I know your flooring business is probably more driven by the specification. But when you're working inside, you prefer, generally speaking, premium products, commercial products, when you're working inside. Inside, we tend to lean towards the premium products. Yeah. And even in the commercial space, we're leaning more towards the premium lines. Right. We just get more out of those paints. And you feel the same way about the exterior stuff as well? Indeed. Okay. 
And so you have lots of choices on, on where you can buy paint. And, and you've been doing this for a long time. You've probably met all the Sherwin-Williams people around here. You've probably met all the Benjamin Moore people around here. You've probably met all the PPG people around here. What stands out to you as the most important characteristics that a dealer needs to offer to get your attention? The list is long. It really is. Right. And, and first and foremost is what I look for in a, in a vendor is a partner, right? And, and I've said the word vendor a few times during this discussion, but they are really, truly partners of ours and they are an extension to our team. So I, I need that. And that's what I'm looking for. And, and frankly, I'm approached all the time. I would think so, right? By other right. vendors, potential partners. But right. My focus is to find somebody who really wants to invest in understanding how we operate, understanding what our needs are, understanding how to be help us be successful. And then frankly, if we're successful, but in turn, they'll be successful. Right. So give me some specific examples, if you can, of some things that you would expect from a, a partner that maybe a vendor wouldn't be so willing to offer. So we've seen this and we've seen this from multiple suppliers is an investment in a resource, like an outside sales resource. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not, the work isn't being done in the store. Meetings are happening at my office. Review of my account, review of what my planned purchases are for the year. And we do we do planning. We, we put goals together. Right. We put programs together, right? And in doing this, we tend to have the right product in the right place at the right time. So when you're talking about meeting with a vendor and putting programs together, it sounds to me like you're sharing with him what products you plan on using, maybe even sharing a little bit with him on how much volume in those products you're planning on needing. So you, it sounds like you keep pretty good track of some of these things. Precisely. Yeah. It's, a, it's a two-way street, right? So, you know, a vendor partner working in a vacuum isn't really going to be very helpful, right? right. They, they need to know what to expect. And I need to be very clear with them what my expectations are of them. And when all of that's out on the table, it creates a fantastic working relationship, which I've enjoyed for years with my partners. Right. And so it sounds like you're telling me you have some pretty consistent relationships. How long have you been with your current paint vendors? Uh, the two vendors we do, I'm going to say 80, 85% of our purchases we've been with for 15 years or more. Okay. And so there's a really good understanding. At this point, There, you have more of a relationship than, than just a vendor or painting contractor. That's what it involves too. Yeah, there's much more involved after after all of these years. Yes. So what would you say in terms of advice to a, to a paint dealer looking to sell products to the Serta Pro franchisee in their area? Don't just try to sell. Try to develop something that's more valuable than just product sales. So that could be done in a multitude of ways, right? Everything we've talked about to this point, we've never 
once said a word about pricing. Right. Interesting, right? Right. It's almost secondary yeah. to everything else. And a lot of folks may not actually say that. At least, even from my side of the table, I will tell you a fair amount of painting contractors believe it's all about price. Well, it's the easiest one to get to. And so I've always found that that lazy sales reps or people who are looking to blow off lazy sales reps quickly can make a, a quick go of it just by saying, how much is this? Right. And and so when I was selling, I actually always try to stay away from that. Right. Well, I'm on both sides of this thing. Right. right. So as as a purchaser of paints from dealers, of course, I want the best possible price. Right. But I look at more than just that thing. Right. Price is one piece of it. I'm looking for the big value proposition. So some of the other value pieces that come to my mind, I'm assuming you want a dealer who delivers. Correct. And and do you ask for that service every day? Would you say when you're busy this time of year that that you're getting a truck from a paint store every day? Interestingly enough, no, but that's not because of the stores we deal with. It's more in our planning. We don't always need it, right? Because okay. our team leaders, our job site supervisors tend to make it a habit of stopping by the store either okay. the night before or the morning okay. to get what they need for that day or that couple of days. So they, they have made that part of their routine. There are certainly a fair number of instances where delivery plays a huge role, and that would be on the large deliveries that we make to our commercial projects. Right. That just makes great sense. Right. Yeah. And, and what about credit? Do you guys get credit from your existing vendors? Do you pay as you go? Every one of our vendors flies us uh, with credit. Okay. And so that's something they would need. Somebody would need to be willing to offer if they were interested in, in selling paint to Certipro. I would think so. It makes perfectly good sense. The, the other thing I find in my partners is the willingness to collaborate on projects. Mm -hmm. And and that comes in a couple of forms, but the most value I've seen is where my painting partners might even join me in creating the specification for a particular project. And it could be residential or commercial. Right. But that layer, that that involvement and that expertise they bring to the table on projects that might be beyond our standard right. go to every day. Right. Particularly, I think, on your industrial flooring projects, I would think that that would come with the need for some uh, significant coatings knowledge, right? No? Probably not. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, in that case, we tend to be the experts. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, but it would come in some of the industrial coatings right. that we would do, say, um, you know, some, some of the, uh, the, the metal, the metal coatings that right. we'll use in uh, factory environments or perhaps... Uh, I can't think of a particular example, but there there's several examples where we might run onto a condition right. or, an, or, or an environmental situation that really warrants some higher level thinking. Right. And having a team there right. to really troubleshoot it and talk through how to get the job done or produce it. Right. 
it's fantastic to have those resources. So if you're calling on you to summarize, because I think that this is an important part for the listeners, if they're calling on you looking to get your attention, they're going to have to be prepared to make deliveries. They're going to have to be prepared to offer fair pricing. They're going to have to be prepared to offer some sort of credit terms. And they're going to have to be prepared to get out of their stores or send somebody out of their stores to be engaged on some of your jobs, particularly the ones that require a little more technical knowledge than you guys might bring to the table on your own. Yeah. Yeah. Terrific. Two more items. Yeah, please. I'm looking for experience. And again, I'm not looking for somebody to read me the data sheet. Yeah. Because I'm particularly good at reading data sheets. Right. But what I'm looking for is somebody that has not only read the data sheet, but utilized the product in various environments and could share that experience. That goes a long way. Yeah. That's one thing. And the other thing from my partners is is the ability and the willingness to bring us opportunities, right? We're bringing them opportunity by yeah. buying paint. They may come across opportunities for folks that need painters. Right. And I'm happy to say those opportunities are being brought forth on a fairly regular basis. And I appreciate it. And so one hand washes the other and, and you're giving a lot of business and you want something in return back other than just cheap prices. And you bet. Yeah. So uh, your paint vendors are uh, engaging with your staff. It sounds like directly, at least for a lot of the paint purchases. Tell me a little bit about how they are relating with uh, your staff rather than you in the office. In particular, we're talking beyond the counter. Beyond the counter, yeah. So both of my major partners here are doing a tremendous amount to help support my team beyond selling paint. And are you comfortable saying who you're doing business with, what manufacturers you're supporting? It's primarily Benjamin Moore and Sherwin-Williams. Okay, so the Benjamin Moore, you're buying from the local Benjamin Moore dealer. And the Sherwin-Williams, obviously, you're getting from a local store and you have a relationship with the manager there. We do. Okay. So anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt. So back to how they're engaged with your employees. So for these partners, they'll get involved in training, which goes a long way. And it could be training on a new product, training on a different type of product. I just attended a training recently on uh, a metallic product, which I found was incredible and, and a, a big differentiator for us to bring into the portfolio. And they're pushing out to you with training? They're coming to your shop and arranging with your guys or they're bringing them into the stores? The answer is both. Oh, good for them. So they'll, they'll set up training at their location. And when we're at their location, it will tend to be more interactive live demo with product. Mm -hmm. uh, when it's at my location, it's more, uh, let's say, classroom style right. training. But the combination is, is just a huge value add to my business. And then on the social front, they'll be involved in bringing my teams, painters to soccer games, perhaps happy hours. They'll host pizza parties but they'll do things to engage with the painters directly and really make them feel special, which they are. They're, they're, they're probably the most important part 
Well, you're allowing them to make this. Yeah, you're allowing them to make decisions yeah. on on pain. And so that makes them very important. So it sounds to me like what you're saying is there's actually multiple layers of relationships. If somebody wants to deal with Certipro, they need to, of course, have a relationship with you, but they need to find a way to have a relationship with your foreman or your top people as well. You are correct. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm the guy that signs the checks, but I'm not the guy that makes all the decisions. Right. And working with the team and working them with a high level of professionalism and respect goes an awful long way. And uh, the, the, the painter, the job site supervisor, my production management team, my sales team, everybody has an important role and all are involved with both vendors that I work with, both partners I work with on a pretty daily basis, almost every single day. That's a great way to end it. Mitch Berliner of Serta Pro Painters of Westchester and Southern Connecticut, thank you for joining me today and sharing your time and expertise at a great time. Mark, thanks for talking to me. It was fun and maybe we'll do it again sometime. Yes, I'd like that. So this is Mark, my words, and I'm your host, Mark Lipton. Thank you for listening and check your inbox for notifications of more podcasts and blog posts produced specifically for the Independent Paint Dealer channel at marklipdenpaint.com. <laughs>